The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So as part of this sitting, I'm going to offer you a little guided meditation. begin in the most immediate and direct way that's available to you, become aware of how you are, how you're feeling, what's happening within your body. What's happening in your thinking mind? So taking a couple of moments here, the task is to familiarize yourself with how you are as if you have complete permission to feel as as you are, as if it's okay to feel exactly as you are. Right now, you're just familiarizing yourself with what it's like. Nothing to solve, nothing to figure out. Nothing to find meaning in. Nothing that has to be changed, except to simply familiarize yourself to how you are right now. Letting your attention roam around Notice the different aspects of yourself at this moment.
aware of something. We can be aware in a narrow way, a tight way. We can fixate on what's happening as if there's very little space for what's happening. Or it's possible to be aware as if awareness is a really large, large room, cathedral-like room, where there's lots of space for what occurs. We're not, when we're not glued to what's happening, mindfulness, in a sense, makes room for what is happening. If there's anything that's happening as you're sitting here that's uncomfortable or unpleasant, even if it's just mildly so, can you make room for that so you know it without being reactive to it, without being pushed around or caught in its grip, but almost as if you give permission for it to be there as it is. It's okay, but to make lots of room and awareness, like, like the space of your mind gets as big as this room. It's okay to feel this way. And if anything feels unresolved or unsettled, try to be very simple with that, as if it's okay to feel this way. Nothing has to be fixed or changed. But we try to hold it with lots of room in the mind, just to hold the feelings of being unsettled. In the as if it's okay to feel this way, you're just going to be present for it, making room for it. And if anything is occurring, 
it makes it difficult for you to be present. Thoughts or feelings or body sensations that seem to pull you out of the present. Can you turn towards that very thing that's making it difficult to be here, present? And hold that with an accepting awareness. Doesn't have to go away or change or be interpreted. turn towards what makes it difficult to be present, as if it's okay to be this way. Your task is to make room for it in awareness, to hold it in awareness as it is. And in these minutes that we're still sitting here, see if you can be accepting of whatever is. Allowing of whatever is happening without being caught by it or constricted by it. But accept what is with as a wide or open or still awareness as you can.
And then I'll ask a final question as you're sitting here. And as you hear the question, see if you can hold off with thinking about the answer. But imagine the question gets dropped deep inside of you. See what response arises from within as you hear the question. Any response at all, but see the response to the question. without changing anything. So that you can be more at peace. What do you need to accept? Be at peace now. What do you need to accept? to bring this sitting to an end. You can take a few, couple of deep, slow breaths, feeling your body from the inside as you breathe in. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. One of the remarkable and important discoveries to make in practicing mindfulness or just kind of Buddhist practice is that it's possible for your awareness, for your mind in a sense, your awareness, 
to be infinitely accepting of things as they are. Well, your wisdom, your understanding, your body might say no to something or yes to something. The mind doesn't need to contract, doesn't need to close, does not need to close down, does not need to resist or to hold on. That awareness itself can be very open and spacious. And that, um, and you might still say, you know, you still might act in the world based on something else. Or to use a very different metaphor, the heart can be open for everything. But, you know, our rational mind can understand, well, this, I can't allow this thing to happen. Having the consciousness or the awareness be open doesn't have anything to do with condoning or approving of anything. That's a different part of who we are. But awareness can, can remain open, spacious, at peace, relaxed, still, whatever you like. No matter how wonderful or how terrible what's going on around you is. And in fact, if you can keep your awareness open, so the awareness is inclusive. Awareness is willing, it's a willing to be present, not to uh, uh, be pushed around or pushed down or threatened or, or hurt by anything. Then uh, there can be much uh, uh, more wisdom and compassion and all kinds of things could come when we decide how we're going to respond. Some people uh, are so quick to, in their aversion or their desire or their being for or against things, that they translate their for and against what were happening in, into how they're aware, how they're mindful, how they're conscious. And so the consciousness itself can get contracted and narrow and tight and even dark. And so there's very little space to really know anything, really know something well. And it, there can be so much authority behind our reactive mind. I have to take care of this. This is so desperately important. This is so central to who I am as a person and you know, all kinds of reasons why we get locked in. And, and without saying that thing, uh, without, we don't want to dismiss things as unimportant or they don't need to be addressed and dealt with. But it's possible, the fact that something we like things or don't like things doesn't have to translate to the closing down of the heart or closing down of consciousness. That can stay open. Uh, if we're afraid, that we can stay open. If we're angry, we can stay open. And in that openness, then it's easier to be non-reactive in other ways as well, as it needs to, as the situation requires. So a big part of, uh, you know, with maturing and mindfulness practice is to begin appreciating this capacity of, the, of awareness to stay open and then learn to keep it open as we go about and take care of things in the world, as we need to take care of. This is not kind of removing ourselves from the world and denying that things are, you know, sometimes appropriate and inappropriate what's going on. And... Um, so sometimes this is called an accepting awareness. An awareness that's all accepting of any, everything and any, anything. But it's the awareness that's accepting, not your wisdom, not your good sense, that you, know, you still hopefully keep. 
but the awareness. And, um, and so this also comes into very important in, in meditation practice. Because meditation practice, um, it's possible to bear down or go close and investigate something and try to deal with something, solve some issue in meditation, but it's also possible to back off and open up and, and let the, the awareness be quite open and spacious and accept things as they are. And as I said this morning, some things that we're asked to accept are deep spiritual truths, which can be uh, sometimes very challenging. So like the, we can have a clear sense at times of the truth of not-self, or the truth that it doesn't really serve me to hold on to some identity that I have. And there can be fear or aversion or resistance to that. How do we accept the truth that this is not really who I am? Or the truth that there is no solid ground upon which the, we can really stand on? Then how can we be safe so when fear comes up? But how, how to have patient acceptance of a certain kind of, certain kind of groundlessness where in it, it itself becomes very grounding? So, there's something very profound about kanti, the Pali word for patience, where it also uh, relates to this, what's called a patience acceptance of the truth, patience acceptance of what it is. <coughs> and I hope with this little talk, will make you a little bit more willing to be accepting of acceptance. Because if you just hear, you're supposed to be accepting, there's all these protests that come up, you know, how can I be accepting of this and that, and this and that, you know. You're not supposed to accept everything, just, you know, just be stupid. But the, the awareness can be accepting. The awareness can be porous, can be transparent. The awareness can be so open that things can go through it freely. There are no hooks, there's no walls in the awareness, there's no, no fort in the awareness, there's no barbs in the awareness, there's no, it just, things just come in awareness, they arise and they're there. They arise and they're there, they pass through. And uh, one of the values of mindfulness practice is, is when we're present for our experience, then the difficult experiences in life have a better chance to not stick or get stuck. But when we're not so present, then all kinds of difficult experiences in our life get stuck somehow, sometimes get stuck and buried deep inside of us for a long time. But if we're present and aware and open, then in a sense they get, things get processed or resolved or move through us in a much freer way. And so then uh, things don't uh, become as problematic. I, um, someone gave me a, an article last week or Monday on um, someone was teaching mindfulness to soldiers in the military. And that's interesting, I thought. But they have a lot of stress. And what they pointed out was that's very thing, that if they've learned mindfulness, then the, the, uh, the tremendously traumatic things that they see and experience um, don't get stuck in the same way. And it doesn't kind of get resided and become less, you know, less, less likely to develop kind of post-traumatic stress because they can be present and mindful as it's happening. And so there's not this kind of unconscious stuff that's going on that can happen. So the patient's acceptance of the truth. So, um, what I thought would be good as a way of finishing the day is for uh, one last respectful, reverent, 
kind dyad. Where in your dyad, you share with each other in a fluid way, back and forth. No, not the, one person, you can go back and forth, who talks, who speaks, who listens. You can you know, flow back and forth. It doesn't have to be half and half like we've been doing for dyads. But just each person has to be conscious so that you, each person gets kind of, kind of equal time. And uh, maybe it's a little bit like the going around the circle where there's a group process and everybody speaks a little bit and it kind of goes. So maybe the two of you also go back and forth a little bit on this. And the topic is, um, what would it take for you to be more accepting? What would it take, in a healthy, appropriate way, what would it take for you to be more accepting and less reactive? And uh, as you do this, uh, as you speak this, um, you know, it's been a lot, especially this afternoon, to talk about forgiveness, touches deep places in people, and and I don't know how you're all feeling, but it could be a tender time right now, I can imagine. So as you speak, uh, don't feel like you have to kind of reveal everything. You know, like deep this you know, you know. Um, but rather, just, just share what you feel comfortable sharing about this. And, uh, and as a, when you're listening, that part, of, that part of the half where you're listening, uh, remember that this is a time, I think, to be very, I don't know, tender or respectful of... Um, of who your who, who you, who your partner is, and just the, who you are as a group together, and who you are as well. So um, we'll do that for about uh, fifteen minutes or so. It might be less. I'll kind of sense the room and how it's going, but just kind of go back and forth the two of you and have a conversation and see. Um, so, um, what would it take for you to be more accepting and less reactive? So, um, <clears throat> in uh, the Theravadan Buddhist tradition, patience is an important quality. And it's maybe interesting as we come to the end of the day to tell you some of the words that are sometimes associated with uh, patience as adjectives or as kind of compound, compounds or closely connected. So, uh, gentleness, maybe it's, not, maybe it's not too surprising, maybe, but gentleness, kindness. Compassion, and then the last one is strength. That patience can be a strength that we develop. And here's, I think, a very powerful quote from Dhammapada. Whoever endures abuse, assault, and imprisonment without animosity, and who has patience as one's strength, as one's mighty army, I call a Brahmin. So patience is a mighty army, as a strength. So uh, isn't that beautiful? Sometimes we associate Buddhism with meekness. Some people do, just let go, and like you, you're not really there anyway. And you're, not, you're, not, you're not supposed to assert yourself, and you know these meek Buddhists. But uh, that's that's a misunderstanding of it all. And in fact, I think Buddhism points towards becoming actually quite a a strong person to develop a great inner strength. And uh, patience can be one of those strengths that uh, can make life go a lot easier. 
And um, so we have about six minutes. <laughs> and um, any, anything that seems important that you want to say or ask to feel more complete for today? I know we can't get complete ever. But, but anything you want to feel like should be said here? Yes. Where's the, where's the other mic? Okay, so. Thank you, Rick. Well, I just wanted to acknowledge and, and thank you folks for bringing these teachings forward because I didn't know how broad the teaching of patience is and that it encompassed so much. So today was very meaningful for me and really felt like I got moved along internally. And I feel very grateful for today and for these teachings. I want to thank you. Thank you. So, um, of course, we could have spent a whole day on any one piece of today that we did. They're big topics. In some ways, we move through very quickly. Just things that are very significant or can, could be very touched, very deep places who you are and what goes on. So, please. Uh, be uh, respectful of yourself and careful as you leave today. Uh, you know, I don't know what you have to do, go to next, but um, hopefully it's not some wild cocktail party. <laughs> Though maybe that's the right thing <laughs> for you to practice patience in. You'll be prepared. A nap, yeah, just go back and take a nap. That would be appropriate. But you might, it might be interesting to think that, uh, that um, to get the, the most out of a day like today, that you actually stay kind of quiet. Uh, for the n- next few hours. So it kind of lingers or processes or do something. But you know, I don't know what you each need to do, but um, there is this uh, uh, homework, assi- uh, not homework, but this uh, reflections that you could do. And, um, and uh, these can be done uh, on your own during the month before we do the next parami. Or they could be um, uh, something you actually f- uh, discuss with other people. And I think that it's really great to really great to follow, follow up today with some ongoing discussion over the month with people. Um, find someone that you can chat with about some of these reflections or questions and uh, explore them further on your own with someone and maybe hear what other people think about it. Uh, maybe a variety of people. And uh, so this whole area of patience becomes something that uh, you live with and explore uh, as, uh, for over the next month. Um, and um, 
I believe that next uh, uh, month we're meeting on March 4th, and I believe the topic is truth, isn't it? So you have to be very patient if you're going to start getting into truth. So now we're all prepared for that. So truth or truthfulness. And, uh, and Inez is available if you would like to, uh, for interviews to talk about the paramis or the reflections or the practices or something with it. And um, I think there's a sign-up sheet for it on the end of the stage. This sign-up sheet is for the email list, and I'll send out an email, you know, probably Monday, uh, with a link to the recordings and the and the writings, and also uh, uh, you can contact me through that email. So, if you want to set up a time to meet with her, <coughs> and uh, uh, then you can do that. And there'll be a study group um, oh, yeah. uh, on patience on. Um, uh, the 13th, so it's a Sunday afternoon at 1.30. So for those of you who can't hear, so it's Sunday afternoon at 1.30, uh, February 13th. Uh, Inez will lead a little kind of discussion group, a study group, discussion group, that is a follow-up of today. And uh, so it's a way of continuing this discussion, we'll be together with some of the people who are here today, and, um, and to keep the ball going. And with patience. They'll be here, yes, here. And uh, finally, uh, or semi-finally, the, um, uh, we, the way we take care of IMC is the people who practice here take care of the place we practice in. And there's no them here. And so if, um, occasionally if you would stay behind to help with the tidying up, it's very much appreciated. And so we need about, uh, today, about seven people or eight people to stay behind and... Um, and uh, with Tanya, Tanya is the manager, and uh, it takes about 10 minutes or so to do the vacuum here and, and uh, clean the bathrooms and the kitchen. So are there, do we have volunteers for that? So Sharon, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Great, thank you very much. Just want to remind people too that everything is offered on a Donna basis, so it's all freely given. And if you want to support IMC and our beautiful teachers, to please use the donation boxes on your way out. And may whatever benefit that has come from exploring patience translate that uh, as we go back into the world, that we um, <clears throat> offer our patience as a beautiful gift that other people can benefit from. May all beings experience the bliss and the peace that comes from patience. Thank you.